0: Before we get started with today's show, let me tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth's podcast is every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing his unique perspectives on football as we get ready for the NFL draft, the personality surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Coming up on this episode of The Right Time, we're going to talk about what's going on in Memphis. And we've got your voicemails. But first. All right, so. Watched uh, Clippers' sons last night. That dare was what the French call a doozy. Uh, I don't know how much the Clippers can do in this. I mean, not having Paul George is one thing, but they're just kind of omnipresent state of not really having a point guard. And then that point guard is Russell Westbrook, who shot three for 19 last night. However, came up with the big block at the end on Devin Booker, like all the hustle, everything else. I want good things for us. I'm one of the first people that I'd tell you. I always want good things for us. I don't think he's that good at basketball anymore. But I would like for him to be able to find a way to provide some good things. But I had a thought that is kind of a bigger macro level sort of basketball history thought. But it does tie into what could happen in this series. And it's just something for us to consider. So. A big part of why so many of us are bullish on the Suns is obviously they've got Kevin Durant. And we've barely seen them play this year with Kevin Durant. But the idea is the Suns have basically been a four-seed team. And that's, I mean, kind of what they were last year too. Like you can talk about the injuries and everything else. But I mean, they won. I mean, they had the top seed last year, but you saw what wound up happening at the end, right? When they were coming in this season, they felt like, A four-seedish kind of team, but then they got Kevin Durant. Ooh, there we go. The Clippers, when you stop and think about it, are a very similar operation in the sense that this is a team that you could think of as competing to win the West, but then with all the injury stuff and Kawhi Leonard with his every other game program during the regular season and everything else, they wind up in this space, right? They're very similar kinds of teams, I think, that we could make the argument okay we think of you got Kevin Durant so y'all should be all good we don't say that same thing about Kawhi Leonard we just don't right like you can quibble with whether that's right or wrong or whatever it is but that's not what we do now you go look at the Suns as they are constituted there is the ghost of Chris Paul and look he got those 11 assists he got those rebounds all that stuff it's the ghost of Chris Paul. Like, this is just not the player that he was. And to be fair, very few people have ever been the player that Chris Paul was. But it's the ghost of Chris Paul. It's Devin Booker, um, Durant, DeAndre Ayton, who I'm higher on than most people, but also recognize he kind of sort of got the hands like feet situation. Like, there's that. And then after that, it's just guys. Right, like that next level of depth that they had, they had to trade to get Kevin Durant. That's the trade they made. I mean, understandable. You can't blame them for it, but they don't have depth. They need a lot from Kevin Durant in order to win this. I think that we would all agree that they we agree with that. They need a lot from Kevin Durant to get it done. Okay, the Clippers won that game on Sunday night because of Kawhi Leonard. Period. Right, like There were some plays that happened in and then those hustle plays and then where they basically ran out the clock by swatting the ball off of Suns so they could get the ball back again. Great strategy. Probably not a strategy. Great nonetheless. Okay. But I got to thinking as I watched Kawhi Leonard out there kind of sort of dominating in that game. I mean, 38 points. Um, He is not the defensive player that he was because he was drawn to Kevin Durant assignment and I mean he maybe bothered Durant more than anybody else did but it's still We're not talking about the unequivocal best defensive player in the league as we did in previous times. But if you think that Kevin Durant is in a position to kind of bring the Suns to where they are, and maybe you think that he's not going to carry them or they don't need him to carry them because they have Devin Booker. That's fair. I'm just asking, why don't we think of Kawhi Leonard as a similar type of cheat code? Okay, now the argument that you can make for that on the Durant side obviously is seven foot shooting guard with incredibly quick release that seems to be completely and totally unguardable. Got it. However, what if I told you that when you go get a look at some of those advanced numbers, they would tell you that Kawhi Leonard has been a better player for the course of his career than Kevin Durant has, right? Right. Like, I looked at the win shares per 48. Kawhi Leonard, barely ahead. It's like 219 to 215. Very, very close. Postseason, Kevin Durant, I think it's at like 193, 195, which is a very high number to have. The thing is, the dude on the other side is legitimately one of the best postseason players I have ever seen, right? Two time finals MVP, same as Kevin Durant, two time champion same as Kevin Durant, had to carry a team to a championship, which through no fault of Kevin Durant's, he's never really been asked to do. We have seen Kawhi Leonard do that. Um, But the gap on win shares per 48 is like 193 to 225. For those of you who don't really follow this that closely, that's a really, really, really big gap. I talked about this last week on the show, I believe, but if I didn't, I'm going to bring this to you. Something about Kawhi Leonard that I think is interesting that doesn't get talked about that much is... Because we don't think of him as a shooter, we miss that this season, Kawhi Leonard shot 51% from the floor, 41% from three, and 87% from the line. And that is not the first time that he has come oh so close to that 50-40-90 number. And when you think of guys that do that, you think of Kevin Durant, who's done it like four times or something crazy like that. You think of Steve Nash, you think of the Larry Bird type of players. Kawhi Leonard is one of those. I mean, like I say, you go look it up. I got these stats up in front of me right now. In 2015, excuse me, 2016, Kawhi Leonard, 50.5 from the floor, 44.3 from three, 87 from the free throw line. Right, 2021, before the knee went bad, 51 from the floor, 39.8 from three, 88.5. From the free throw line. This year 51-41-87. right? So getting to the actual 90 part is the holdup. But I'm saying all that to say. While Kawhi Leonard does not have the total number of games played. Because he's basically been a 50-60 game a year guy. For the last however many years. What exactly is it that makes Kevin Durant definitively a better player than Kawhi Leonard? Definitively, right? I'm not saying that you can't make the argument. I'm not saying either one of them is better than the other right now, off the top of my head. I'm just asking you when you put some of this in context and when you think about that, what Kevin Durant gives you is that shooting, right? Like, is that ease of scoring, and perhaps Kawhi doesn't give it to you as easily, but he's giving it to you in a very similar fashion. And for the postseason, what I think becomes important about Leonard is he might be the strongest man in the NBA. And that matters in the postseason where the game is, I'm getting to the basket. And with that strength, if you can't stop me from fouling, then guess what? I'm a 90% free throw shooter. I'm going to just go over there and get it done. Like when it's time to get a bucket, what exactly are you doing to stop Kawhi Leonard? Now with that said, maybe the most impressive thing I saw Kevin Durant do on Sunday night was that last player, that late in the game, where he absolutely just flat out denied the ball to Kawhi Leonard. And they got stuck with Russell Westbrook having to go up and take the shot, which is never what you want. But the same Kevin Durant that 10 years ago was getting mugged in the corner and couldn't come get the ball for himself is now the guy that can stop super strong Kawhi Leonard from getting the ball. Like, that was a very interesting thing for me. But I bring all that up to say this. If I'm asking the question... Are we so sure that Kevin Durant is just this head and shoulders better than Kawhi Leonard player? I bet you Kawhi Leonard's been saying this now for roughly 10 years. Right? Now, here's what we know about Kawhi Leonard. Who Kawhi Leonard's favorite player? Michael Jordan. Who's the guy that he idolizes and in many ways has emulated and you can see it in his game? Michael Jordan. What would Michael Jordan do in a circumstance like this one? Take it incredibly personally. That is what he would do. He would make this decision. Oh, y'all so sure that Kevin Durant better than me, huh? Watch this. Anyway, Kawhi Leonard scored 38 points in the game on Sunday night. Kawhi Leonard was clearly the best player on the floor do i think Kawhi leonard by himself can carry the clippers to a victory in this series can he do it without paul george i do not know but damn it he is going to try that part you know he is going to try and that to me is going to be as fascinating as anything else because while i think that clippers roster has got some deficiencies the lack of depth for Phoenix can really turn into an issue. Now, one thing that we're going to have to ask about Leonard and just about the as it relates to the Clippers, of course, is now that you got to play basically every other night, the first round is probably going to allow for a little more room on that. But once it gets to a point where you got to play every other night, what exactly is Kawhi Leonard giving you, given the way that they've had to manage his body, right? Like maybe the management of his body is such that they do it so that he can play every other night at this point. I'm not sure, but I do know this. The last time that we saw Kawhi Leonard play in the playoffs was two years ago before the knee injury, and baby, he was incredible. I think we all remember just how incredible he was in that postseason. We also saw, by the way, they couldn't carry it all the way through, but after Leonard got hurt in that postseason, we saw them able to make some real moves with Paul George. Right, like it's not like it all just fell apart after Leonard went out of there. I'm just saying, if they got a situation with Paul George, who we have been ridiculing for his postseason performances, could be the guy to kind of make it happen. How far can Kawhi Leonard by himself take a team? How far? That's what we're going to find out in this first round. The other thing we're gonna find out is just what Monty Williams got to bring as the coach, because we know Ty Lue is a beast, right? We know Monty Williams made that team better upon his arrival. But tying the postseason is a different beast, right? This, to me, is really going to come down to, can Monty Williams find ways to get clean looks for Kevin Durant? Because I was talking to Vinny about this last night, and he was at the game. He was like, that was the thing that Monty was not able to do, was get those looks for Kevin Durant. But if Kawhi Leonard can go out there and get those looks for himself, and he's going to hit shots the way that he did, which is entirely possible. Like, I'm looking at these Kawhi Leonard postseason stats. It's kind of bananas, guys. Like the player that he turns into when the postseason comes. The 2017, 2019, and he was on track for the 2021. Those are three of the greatest postseasons that we've seen anybody have. When Kawhi got hurt in 2021, he was averaging 37.5 rebounds a game, 4.5 assists a game. Even that year before where they messed up and they blew that playoff series, blew that 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. That was Kawhi Leonard at 28-9, 5.5, and 2.3 steals. Guys, I'm just saying, let us not forget who that guy is on that team. And this, whoo, man. Playoff's going to crazy town as it is. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. But that series right there is so fascinating. It is so 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 interesting and i wanted to get warriors sons there so we could get durant and warriors i don't know if we are gonna get either of them in the second round damn spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so i can break these skinny allegations i keep getting Peloton all-access membership and NBA League pass subscription required. Yo, so something weird happened, man. Lakers fans must really have gotten mad at me. And I say that Lakers fans really must have gotten mad at me because it wasn't that long ago that I didn't think they were going to make the play in. Forget about the offs, the in. It wasn't that long ago That I did not feel confident that they would make the playoff. And then they did. I didn't feel great about them after that Minnesota game. Now it looks like they're going to win in the first round. And I say it looks like they're going to win in the first round. Because after seeing John Morant's fingers bend back like that. I just don't know. I mean, maybe he comes back at some point. I'm not an injury prognosticator. My thought when I saw that was, oh, broken wrist. Like, that was, that was what I thought had happened. Not a doctor. I don't know. We'll see ultimately when it is that he comes back. But the thing for me with the Grizzlies is, how are they supposed to get hard buckets? Right? And I didn't even necessarily love the idea of job ja being that guy. Like, when he went up for that one and a couple others in the game, we've talked about this before, and we're just like, hey, you know, as he gets older, he's going to have to stop going up and, you know, taking those hard falls. Not even fouls. Falls. Right, like just going up so recklessly to the basket and just once in the air, hey, man, anything goes. Now, the time clearly is here now. Right, like you only do that but so much. And I think that a lot of us were looking at it. Yeah, we were worried about the big injury, but I think in large part we were talking about the accumulated toll. Nah, it all came right there. Okay, and so without him, and we saw that late when they needed to get a bucket. Like Desmond Bain is cool, but I bet you don't know what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like he's cool as sort of the other guy um jaron jackson and i figured out one of my big holdups with jaron jackson was man why his shot look like that yeah like it's it's amazing how good he is at it but it's kind of like yo that doesn't seem effective um maybe the best defensive player in the league and you saw like all of those things from him in the course of the game but um i just don't know how they're supposed to get buckets when, it, when it's really time to get buggers, Ty's Jones, you'll hear a lot about the assist to turnover stat. He's a high floor, low ceiling guy. That's what he brings. Um, Dylan Brooks, I mean, you're just not expecting him to give you stuff on offense. You hope if you can get it. You just hope he doesn't shoot you out the game, which is your big concern without Ja, because now he's like, someone must pick up the slack. I think that someone is me. Right? Like, like, nah, 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 nah. We don't need that. We don't want that. We ain't going there. You know? Um. So... The Lakers, though, we had our Anthony Davis moment. And I just want to note, by the way, I think we had an Anthony Davis moment like this like two or three weeks ago where it looked like he had the ankle situation and he rolls on the ground and we all think he's going to be out six to eight weeks and then he comes back that game and manages to make everything work. What if, I'm going to just throw this out here. What if he's a guy where it just hurts real bad at first? Like, when the injury first happens, everything seems like the end of the world. Like, look, the man said he couldn't raise up his arm, so I guess that's just some kind of stinger or hit a nerve or whatever. I can't really judge him. But what if he's that guy? It just hurt real bad at first. You just got to give me a minute to get through it, but right now I think I'm going to die. And maybe that's it. And ain't necessarily nothing wrong with that, because I think I would die from any of those injuries that them dudes have. Like, I just don't think we give these cats enough credit for the things that happen to them that they keep playing. Like, if you saw on Sunday night when um, Anthony Edwards hit Jokic in the, on the bridge of the nose, and he stayed in the game? You imagine trying to shoot a basketball? He was looking like Rudolph. His thing was getting red so fast. You ready to go shoot a basketball like that? Because I'm not. All right, man, I get up in the next game. What are you talking about? Like, we just have an expectation that these dudes are supposed to take these sorts of shots and then just keep it going. And maybe Anthony Davis is just like, no, I just need a couple minutes, man. Right now, it feels real bad and I'm scared, but I'll be cool in a second. Because he was out there beasting. What do you have, seven blocks? Like, seven blocks, three steals, and everything else? Beaston, and he is their best player and he has to be their best player lebron had a few moments where it was just like oh wow i can't believe you're in year 20 like him going up and blocking those shots against the class and i also thought it was big after davis took the shoulder shot and then he came back snatching rebounds and the outlets to lebron who's already on the other side of the floor like pushing the tempo the idea that in year 20 you can still push the pace because you have lebron james is just kind of wild now, can you get complete games out of LeBron James at this point in year 20? Probably not. Like he didn't. I would not say he played an especially good game. He did not shoot especially well. But he can still control the game in so many ways just with his brain. And I think that he has reached the point of comfort and humility where he really can let this be the Anthony Davis show when it comes down to it, right? Then from there, I mean, if the homie Rui is going to be hitting shots like that, if Austin Reeves is going to be playing like that, um hey man, you got it's problems. It's 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 a fascinating team. I cannot believe. And I have to give Polinka credit because I've never been one of those people that gave him a lot of credit. I feel like we have to give Polinka credit if nothing else. I did not think that the problems that that team had could be corrected by adding a couple of mid-tier pieces. Like, I didn't think that on the fly, on the run, that what you just needed to do was get some pretty good guys and get them to, like, know their roles and everything would be okay. I didn't think that would work. It sure does look like it's working, at least as of right now. And I I, I promise you, I just didn't see it coming. But here we are. And, whew! When I talk about how the playoffs are going to crazy town, all right, let's think about this for a second. Giannis is hurt. We don't know if he's injured. He's hurt. I talked to somebody who was there at the game and they said, don't worry, they'll they'll get him back out there. But he's hurt, not injured. But let's say it's injury, right? Or let's say it's pain that affects the way he plays to where you don't know what's going to happen with Milwaukee. You ready for this, Dan? You ready for this, Dan? You ready? You're don't ready? do it to me. No, no, no. Come on. I'm simply saying the door is open. For the possibility of the New York Knicks to make it to the conference finals. The conference finals. I'm not saying it's promised. Not saying it's guaranteed. But I am going to say that it's possible. And that would be great for the NBA. And by the way, shout out to you, Sacramento fans, because they got mad at me when I made the simple observation that the league could get a. Uh, what you call it, Lakers-Warriors, they could get Grizzlies-Warriors, or they could get what I call an NBA TV special of the Grizzlies and the Kings, they're like, oh, you're rooting for a conspiracy against the Kings, not a conspiracy, I don't want the league to conspire against them, I mean, if they would be kind enough to lose on purpose, it would be appreciated, right, but my point simply is, whether you like this or not, storylines that would drive this stuff, and right now, people don't have those stories with the Kings. They're like, well, how are they going to get the stories with the Kings if they don't get to play on TV? I hear you. That's fine. But I'm also telling you, they're going to play a lot of games on NBA TV, if at all possible, if this comes around. That's just the nature of it. Like Memphis and Sacramento, they're going to put you all on NBA TV. This Minnesota-Denver series, oh, goodness. I mean, that that that's made for NBA TV, right? Those are the games that they put on NBA TV. I'm just letting you know this now, okay? It is a bit more fun for those of us of certain ages when certain teams are there. And the Knicks are going to be one of them because part of it is basketball games at Madison Square Garden are better to watch, right? All of this is about setting. It's about time. It's about place and everything else. And if they get to a second round, it's going to be humming in that bad boy. Humming, I tell you, humming. And that is going to be great. If they get Knicks-Celtics, that'll be a big thing. If it's Sixers-Knicks, That'll be a big thing. I'm just telling you, I don't make the rules. But we also do have on the other side, the open possibility of Lakers Warriors, the open possibility of Grizzlies Warriors. And if we don't get them, we do get the highly entertaining Sacramento Kings. Like they're not, if if they get there, ain't nobody really gonna be mad but Adam Silver, right? Y'all gonna be out there, uh, lighting the pipe. You know what I'm saying? Making this happen, man. I know y'all felt like y'all lit that pipe. Y'all ain't won a uh, playoff game in what, like 20 years? Y'all felt like y'all hit that pipe? I ain't realize they got a button at the end of the game that they hit to light the pipe. I ain't realize it was going that far. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, so like, I'm I'm good with them. We just talk about Suns Clippers. What's going on over there? Uh, Miami... Like, if Giannis can play, Miami's not going to beat Milwaukee, comma, however. You know, they about to put the Hawks out of there pronto. Um, I will say this. That was something that was very interesting to me, though, about the uh, Cleveland-New York game. You can only go so far playing hard, right? Like when the Knicks lost in five two years ago. I remember Charles Barkley said this all the time, but I talked to him about this myself. He was just like, hey, man, you just can't go so far playing hard. And that's the comparative advantage that the Knicks have through the regular season. And wildly ironically, given everything we think about with Thibodeau running guys into the ground, the Knicks were one of the healthiest teams in the league this year, for whatever it's worth. But they played, you saw that late when they were going and getting those rebounds and everything else. That was a team of guys that were ready for the intensity of the playoffs in a way them boys in Cleveland simply were not. Like I just don't think they realized how much this thing had leveled up. But the Knicks are incredibly fun to watch. Like Jalen Brunson, not the most efficient game, but still good, right? Like I, people got mad at me the other day when I talked to think about Norman Powell, where I was like, yo, why has Norman Powell got like 24 points on 20 shots or something like that? And they're like, oh, that's pretty efficient. I'm like, that's not efficient enough for Norman Powell to be shooting 20 shots. And then he ended up with 29 and 22, oh, 22 and so I didn't look nearly as intelligent as I had before. But on this one with Brunson, if Brunson's giving you, I forget what the exact number, but if he's giving you like 26 on 22 shots, he's Jalen Brunson. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what what you're going to wind up getting from there. But that one's fun. Donovan Mitchell out there looking good. That was fun. That first Donovan Mitchell game that you're going to get in Madison Square Garden? I thought about going to that game till Vinny sent me the ticket prices. Hell no. Hell no. Damn, I want to call. It's a real dilemma. But yeah, these NBA playoffs are looking fantastic. I would just like to throw this out here right now because it's this weird thing. You call towns truthers. You pop up anytime he does anything halfway decent. And he beasted against the bigless Oklahoma City Thunder. Don't get me wrong. He beasted in the first half against the Lakers. Until he got into foul trouble, as is his want, and then it ain't go right, right? Then he just got completely like just skittish is the best way to put it. Are we going to agree that he stunk up the joint against uh Minnesota? Are we going to agree that his eleven points, ten rebounds on five of fifteen shooting and one for seven for three from three just wasn't going to get it done because hey guys. I understand that a lot of you still ain't really here with us on the Jokic program. But did you see in that game how it is that Jokic can kind of control things even when he's not scoring? Like so much of what they're doing is so much cutting and other guys end up being in a position to make the passes too because it just becomes what your game plan is. It just becomes what you do, right? So Jokic with 13, 14, and 6 in 28 minutes because he fouled out. He only got to the line Three times. This wasn't a great Jokic game. They beat them boys by 30 points. 30 points. Okay. And all I'm saying is this. If Carl Towns is the guy that you guys want to tell me that he is. That he should be getting it done here. Right. This should be Aaron Gordon is the guy that's guarding him. He should be getting it done. Instead, what's he trying to do? Stand out there and chuck up all them threes. And y'all mad at me for saying it.
1: We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We
0: got you. Now, if you haven't heard.
1: The first if you haven't heard is from sports, I guess.
2: Hello, my name is Taylor Ardry and I'm a news reporter for Insider. Police arrested an Illinois teenager for trying to sneak into Michael Jordan's lavish estate last week. The 18-year-old is facing multiple charges, including two counts of criminal damage to property and criminal trespassing to an occupied residence. A juvenile was also taken into custody at the scene. Prosecutors told the Daily Herald that they didn't believe the teenager intended to steal anything. Footage obtained by Fox 32 shows officials entering the notable 23 gate in front of the former Chicago Bulls star's home. A communication specialist for the Lake County State Attorney's Office also told the Herald that only a window was damaged at the property. The teenager was released on recognizable bond and has an April 20th court date. Police did not release any additional information about the incident due to a juvenile's involvement.
0: Okay. I I really enjoy sneaking into things. I'm a little too old at this point but sneaking into something where you're not supposed to be is one of the great joys of life it really is being somewhere you're not supposed to it's a thing I am just a little stunned that in the year of our Lord 2023 where there are cameras everywhere you don't think there's one at Mike's house now Maybe your thought was, hey, it's Mike. If he catches me, he'll just say, eh, let me go. And my thought is, I bet he took it personally. I bet he did. You wouldn't dream of breaking into Larry Bird's house now, would you? bet he took it personally. Yeah, guys, the mischief that those of us in our generation get away with, it's not really happening for yours. Just telling you this right now. Like, I forget who I saw a few months ago made this point. When you think about, like, so many movies that were, like, out when I was younger, like, or even, a, like, movies that were out when I was younger, but where the characters are older than I was when the movie came out or even at the same age. So much of it is about, like, teenage capers. Hijinks, I believe is the term that you hear about. You notice you don't really see the hijinks so much being represented in popular culture. You can't really pull off the hijinks no more. Your parents got leashes on you. You know what I'm saying? They tracking where you're going with the damn phone. They got a camera on the front door to see who came in. Everything else. Hijinks. Kind of been rendered extinct. Trying to break into Michael Jordan's house is the epitome of hijinks. Just telling kids now, it's unfortunate the fun is gone right like i think about it all the time that if i had kids i just don't feel like i would do all those things because i feel like you don't need to and i feel like you don't need to because i'm here like i survived <laughs> like, like people manage to live without these surveillance devices people manage to get things done without all this stuff i tell y'all i've been watching snowfall they was able to sell dope Without those devices, they was able to make these big drops, and people got there when they were supposed to. And sometimes somebody got there late, but in the end, it all worked out. Like we just didn't need to know everything right now. Like that's kind of how I feel. I kind of feel like I need to live like that so that my kids could have the chance to engage in some hijinks. Don't worry, you gonna catch them. They stupid. They kids. This dumbass thought he could break into Michael Jordan's house like not even an abandoned house like when John Wall was in high school I almost forgot about this he had got caught up there's this story uh when there was some house that was still being built and he got caught in there I think he was with one of his buddies but I also think that there was a young lady that was involved you know because everybody lived at their mama house <laughs> you know <laughs> hijinks very very relatable hijinks but uh nonetheless you can break into an abandoned house you can get into a unbuilt house michael jordan's house biggest surprise to me is that mike ain't put that thing on airbnb to get money all right uh this next one
1: comes from the environment uh the journalist couldn't join us so i have to re- record it myself the biden administration has made a new push to accelerate the amount of electric vehicles that are on the streets the EPA announced new auto pollution limits to ensure that electric vehicles will share 54 to 60% of new vehicles sold by the year 2030 and 67% in 2032. And automakers may not be quite yet ready to make that jump. While most car manufacturers have acknowledged that electric vehicles are the future and have invested billions into that future, we're still a long way off. Last year, only 5.8% of the 13.8 million new cars sold were electric vehicles. A key reason for this? the limited resource of lithium, which most car batteries are made out of. And currently, the world does not extract enough of it. In fact, manufacturers are struggling to get lithium now, despite the loan numbers previously mentioned. Mining companies are being put to work to extract more lithium as well, but it's going to require other resources as well. We're going to need new plants to build the batteries and the electric vehicles. We're also going to require more charging stations. There also comes the reality that electric vehicles do not fit into all American's car needs because of the length of time that it takes to charge car batteries. So if you're someone who has to travel a lot, it may not be in your best interests to wait around for several hours in order to wait for the electric vehicle to be charged. Ford says they lost around $3 billion this year to electric vehicle production after they announced their first ever electric vehicle pickup truck. This is a move by the Biden administration to tackle some environmental issues, but there are going to have to be some economic hurdles to overcome first.
0: Yo, I just don't think this electric car thing has really been thought out, right? Like the the top line part, hey, we kind of need to stop burning all this gas, right? We're going to bring on the fire age and all of that stuff. Totally understand. It all makes sense. But the lithium part is huge. Just like the general extraction that has to take place of getting these minerals and these resources that are necessary to make these batteries and then scale them, you know, scale this all to the level that they want for every car on the road to be electric by insert time here and trying to figure out how life is going to work there. Like, I would love to know on the ends of the producers and the ends of the government, really what their realistic timetable is on all those little things. Because I want to know how much came up and they were like, huh, hadn't thought of that. Like, I tell a story when I was uh 23, I was in graduate school, and um, I had recorded, or I sat for a documentary that was being done on Michael Jackson. And I sat for the doc. Um, and the day the doc was supposed to air, Neverland got raided. So suddenly their doc kind of had to be pulled back and they had to reassess it. So in the course of the reassessing, they decided to fly me to London, which is where they were based, to freshen it up. And so they're like, can you be here on Saturday? I'm like, you're damn right, I can, right? I would call my professors like, hey, look, I'm going to miss a couple of days. I just got to let you know I gotta, I've got an emergency <laughs> that I need to deal with, right? This is how you knew this grad school thing would not going to work for me, by the way. So anyway, um, I'm so excited, and I call my parents, and I tell them I'm going. And uh, my dad's like, all right, cool, man. Well, you got your passport? And I was like, what? Hadn't thought about it. Just just hadn't considered it. I just knew that I was going to London. And that was it. Hadn't thought about it. So I had to drive up on Friday to go to D.C. to get the one-day passport. And then come back. I mean, I made it happen. I made it all work. But I just hadn't thought about it. I just knew I was going to London, right? And that's what I feel like in a lot of ways with the electric vehicles. It's like, yo, we going to London. We got passports, huh? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, there's so many steps that are going to have to be taken care of. And we're just talking about to make the production work in this country. If this is what you ultimately going to try to do everywhere else, I don't know if the world literally can sustain what is necessary to make this happen. I just don't. So, like, every time I hear the electric vehicle stuff, I'm like, man, you're right. We got to get it done. There's a whole bunch of reasons. That we got to, but, uh, this ain't gonna be a smooth ride. Ha <laughs> ha.
1: Ride. All right, uh, this last story, the journalist couldn't join us, but it comes from the Supreme Court. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is under immense scrutiny after it has been revealed that Thomas constantly receives secret gifts from billionaire GOP mega-donor Harlan Crowe. These gifts include luxury trips every year to Crow's plush Adirondacks resorts, including a trip to Indonesia in 2019 that is reported to have cost more than $500,000, and a real estate deal in which Crow bought land from Thomas. Thomas failed to put any of these gifts on any of his financial reports since 2004, and questions have been raised about the legality of these gifts. Thomas claims to have spoken with several colleagues and judicial officials who insured him that these gifts were fine to take. However, legal experts and Democratic lawmakers like Lisa Graves, the former Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Justice Department's Office of Legal Policy, would like to have those who informed Thomas that this would be permissible to take the stand under the threat of perjury. Legal experts do agree, however, that the precedent for Supreme Court gifts is not explicitly set, so there's no real way to tell what the course of action should be. This story has also been amplified because of Crow's Garden of Evil, which features art from some of the most vile rulers in history and includes a lot of Nazi memorabilia.
0: All right. I want to be very clear in what I'm about to do and say right now, okay? Because I did something very similar a couple of weeks ago about Trump and people tried to turn it into something that it wasn't, okay? I am not talking about politics here. I am talking about society. And it was the same way that when I made a very similar point about the Trump situation, that I was not talking about politics. I was talking about society. There was a time when Clarence Thomas would have resigned by now. Like all this would have come up It would have been so embarrassing. It would have been so shameful that there would have been pressure on both sides that he resign. That ain't gonna happen here, right? Like the idea that so much of this discussion is about can you get him out and like what the precedent is and da 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 and everything else. Nah, Nah 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 nah. It really wasn't that long ago where you would just have to quit your job and shame. After this sort of thing comes up, because that is wild, right? Just across the board, wild what we're talking about happening with him. But that's not where we are. No, nobody's gonna make you quit your job over something like this anymore. The other part that I think can be like looking at this and what has happened: the Supreme Court as a job. It pays $285,000 a year, which is not a small amount, but you're not balling on $285,000 a year. You're living all right, but you're not balling. One thing about the time that we live in that I think is something we probably don't talk about enough, but I think is very important. Everybody thinks that they're supposed to be able to get rich at whatever job it is that they want to do no matter what like this is the problem that I have with the activist class in large part like if you're trying to figure out how to turn this not just into some cash but into a lick you're probably doing this wrong and so everybody wants to ball UGK logic everybody want to ball and it's an important thing. Like when you look at how many ways people get caught up in these things, it's because they want to ball. Like the thing with Clarence, yeah, it's real estate deals, like get some money, but it's also these opulent trips and stuff like this. It's just balling, right? Everybody want to ball. It was about 15 years ago. So the folks at the Fiesta Bowl got caught up, um, forgot a mismanagement of the funds that, were, you know, that they were using, and they would do stuff like, oh, let's have a convention. Let's make it a big cruise on a yacht, right? And they were using the Fiesta Bowl to ball. Like when you looked at what the stuff was that they were putting the money toward, it's so they could ball. Everybody want to ball, but not everybody's supposed to ball. Not everybody is entitled to ball, and on so many different levels, I just don't think that people get this. There's some stuff that other people you're just not gonna be able to do. And being a Supreme Court justice, that's not a job you're supposed to get rich from. It's not a job you're supposed to turn into money like that. Now, to be fair. So many of these Supreme Court justice types are coming from backgrounds such that they was balling already, and so they didn't really need this money in the first place, which is part of why I think that some of those salaries on those jobs wind up being so low. It's not just about servitude, it's about the point of origin, it was people who already had money, so you didn't necessarily need to lavish money upon them, but you're not supposed to be living like a baller doing everything, and this isn't a job that's supposed to have you out here. Living like a baller. Forget about Crow. Forget about everything else. Like the real story in this is just fundamentally on all these levels about us. The shamelessness and the need to consume. Hey, this is Bomani. You have reached the right time voicemail. Say whatever you want. Get creative with it. But this is your place to talk back to the show. So talk back. Peace. All
1: right. The voicemail topic for this week is tell us the story of the biggest slacker you know.
0: (laughs) We all know that guy, boy. We all know that guy.
1: First one's from Lex from Philly. Hey, what's up, Bomani? This is Lex
3: from Philly. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, this is a response to, to your request about people slacking. It's not really about slacking per se on the project. But it's more so about someone who I knew slacked and me trying to get them back. Because so this is middle school, and this is uh, a test that we're taking. I knew this dude uh, always like to cheat on tests. So I was like, all right, let me, I'm going to get them back. So um, it comes a test day, and I made sure I'm going to I'm gonna sit, sit next to him, and this is a multiple choice test. So we're taking a test. And sure enough, dude is cheating off of me. And uh, I was one of the smarter kids in the class, so I didn't know all the right answers, but I definitely knew which ones were not right. So he started cheating cheating on me, and uh, I start putting down every single answer wrong. Like every single tw- answer that choice that I put down was wrong. He was copying, cheating, every single one of those. So I finish the test, and then I go up to the front to the teacher, act like I'm turning the test, but I'm really going to the bathroom, and this is test we could once we finish the test we could just leave so i act like i was just leaving like i was done with the test i realized i was going to the bathroom so dude comes behind me he turns in his test and leaves as, he, as if he's done i come back from the bathroom get my test change my answers to the ones i think I, that's right so test is off. come back dude got a zero so he was trying to slack but i got him back that's all i
0: gotta say wow that's pretty impressive you didn't tell us about the part about where he tried to come kind of kick your ass Or did he not, like, realize he had been had? I tell you this, man. I worked for a professor when I was at Carolina. He had the best solution to that problem. Because he's doing the test to, you know, a 400-seat auditorium. So what he did was every test had the same questions. The exact same questions every test had the same multiple choice options none of the options were in the same order right and so the way that you could tell which test was which was on the front page because the front page of the test is where you write your name and you put your name your social you know whatever right but that block where you put that in was in four like there was one one of the tests had it in the top left corner one had it in the top right one had it in the bottom left one had it in the bottom right so once you fill that out you flip the page you can't tell which test is which they'd be sitting in there copying we ain't even care we ain't even we ain't even care it didn't matter they was gonna get a rude awakening i do remember though we had one girl who got caught cheating that was funny and i saw her after class and i was like she was all shook because the professor did the whole thing to scare her and she ever she came up to me, it's like, "I just want to go to the professor and say, I'm sorry, I was dishonest." And I was like, "That's what we're not gonna do. That that I had to explain to her. Well, according to the honor code, then he would have to take you to honor court. He would have no other option. Like just, just
1: lay low. I will say, we the digital era has found solutions to all of these problems. By the way,
0: yeah, I got news for you. You got solutions to the problems, and it ain't gonna be long before they got solutions to the solutions. I mean. We'll see. Y'all aren't that smart. That's the thing. I'm not a score anymore. I'm know, just saying. Die. I know you not, but you know what I'm saying, though. Like the way they go going wind up getting caught is this generation of cheaters is gonna become the professors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be like when my shady homeboy wound up working in loss prevention. He was a beast. All right, this next one's from Marquee in Tennessee.
4: Hey Bo, love the show. This is Marquee in Tennessee. Man, I got a sports story and a slacker story. So when I was in undergrad I was doing my major in women's studies, and I'm in this women, uh, women's feminist literature, uh, feminist literature class. It's me, a whole bunch of other women's studies majors, a baseball player, and a future Super Bowl champion offensive lineman. I get stuck with the baseball player and the offensive lineman on the final project, and we've got to do a literature analysis of like a Maya Angelou poem and a couple other things. So I write my whole paper, my whole thing. I kill it. I look at it, and I go, nah, not good enough. So I go to scratch the whole thing, and I'm talking to the cast in the group, and the future Super Bowl champion goes, hey, man, can I just get your old work, and I'll jazz it up and change it. And I'm like, yeah, man, you can take it. I'm not even using that theory. I'm going someplace else. So I revamp my whole thing, write a hot new uh, paper. I kill it. I get an A+. plus my man just turns in my old busted paper, gets himself a B plus, gets an A in the dang class, and really didn't do none of the work. So that was the story of how I helped a future Super Bowl champion get an A in feminist literature. Love the show.
0: Uh, we appreciate you. I have so many questions. So, 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 so many questions. Notably, what football program is letting a, like, players take real classes like i'm very impressed that that young man was in the course though if you have seen how high i won, like like is that how he wound up getting in there like when they ask him about him getting there in the class you're like oh yeah i'd be studying women you know what i'm saying um you know so maybe that happened but like, all you guys deciding to be women's studies majors did y'all think y'all was slick like were y'all really dedicated to 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 knowing these things or did you think that this was your inroad Cause I I feel very confident saying that if you thought I'm gonna be a women's studies major and that's how I'm gonna meet women, that seems like a great idea on paper. That's a great way to meet a bunch of women with beef with you. Understandable, justifiable beef, but beef nonetheless. There ain't gonna be a whole lot that you learn in class that you can smoothly transition to Hey, so what about me and you? Uh, this last one.
1: Probably going to give you even more questions. Here's Robert. Hey, Bomani, this is
5: uh, Robert and Azusa. When me and my wife were young and we were going to a university, Texas A&M University, Kingsville, we were both uh, majoring the same thing, taking the same classes. We had a research paper due, and of course, my lazy ass wasn't about to do any work. So my now wife did all this work on her research paper, And the night before it was due, I said, hey, let me take a look at your notes. So she's like, all right. I looked at her notes, did my paper. Following Monday, professor calls her in, accuses her of copying off me because he knew how smart I really was. Needless to say, she still brings it up to this day. Now that my kids are at universities, she brings it up to them all the time. The time that I cheated off of her and she got accused of cheating. Peace.
0: Wow. Love is love. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here On the right time, we do this thing here three times a week. Parker Owens and Dan Stansick handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you to our If You Haven't Heard contributor. Thank you, Taylor Ardrey. Check out her story on a teenager sneaking into Michael Jordan's mansion at insider.com. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.